Put some whiskey in it. Yeah, put some whiskey in your tea. Hair of the dog, Mike. I heard Kessler kills all. <laughs> I drank yesterday, but I stopped at like five or so, six. <clears throat> so you saved yourself. Feel okay, yeah. Chugged a, a liquid IV before I went to bed. I wasn't even in bad shape at all. It was, you know, I even went out and shoveled the driveway and shit at like 10 o'clock. But <laughs> yeah, I was out there shoveling. Like, as the drunk is starting to wear off, you know? Hey, if you're going to do manual labor like that, you might as well have a little buzz on. Yeah, exactly. But it wasn't bad. Like, I knew I'd wake up today and be okay. Yeah. I had some drinks on Saturday. I went to the Marquette game. They were good, Mike. Oh, nice, Matt. Yeah, if you stop, if you, if you start day drinking, right, and you stop, like, before dinner time, usually you're okay. If you rip it all the way through the night, you know, to 10, 11, you're in so much trouble the next day. Yes. There's only one way to fix that, right, Mike? What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome NFL strategy show showdown edition. Very happy to be back. I didn't think this would be the case. I mean, obviously, we knew a little while ago when the, when the playoffs were being scheduled that we'd have a Monday night game, you know, got to make that money, right? And uh, that's exactly what the NFL is doing. But it's cool for us because we've got a Millie maker. We've got a fun game to hopefully make up for that disastrous pile of steaming shit we saw on Sunday. But uh, it's going to be fun. And no matter what, we've got a lot of money on the line, a lot to talk about, and some pretty, pretty serious uh, questionables coming into this from an injury standpoint. So I'm Dave Lachman at Lafayette underscore D. For those of you podcast listeners, it's L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. Joined as always and, well, for the last time this year <clears throat> on the Showdown Strategy Show, Matt Gajewski at Matt underscore Gajewski, G-A-J-E-W-S-K-I on the Twitters. What's good, brother? Glad, glad to be back with you, even if it's the last time of the year. Yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm really excited for the game. Really excited we got to do this show, but I still have my fingers crossed. Maybe they'll give us a Super Bowl Showdown Strategy or something like that the week before. So hopefully this isn't our last one, but... It was a solid week of football, and I'm excited we have one extra game. You know, some of my friends were pissed about the Monday night game, upset that they didn't Why? just do like – That's what I said. I don't know, maybe because they have, like, real jobs, and I have had this job, and I get to talk about <laughs> football all day. Maybe it's that. They can't, like, drink beers on Monday night with their real day jobs. That could jobs. be it. Yeah, I don't know. But you, you know what? I, I got to get up. I, you get up early every morning. I get up early enough every morning. I got a 10-month-old, and it – it sucks. I'm on the East Coast. So these games, sometimes they're not done by until 1130. I can't fall right asleep. I'm not falling asleep till after midnight. So, you know, if you're on the East Coast, you get screwed by some of these. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, for sure. I don't I live in central time zone. I do not think I could live on the East Coast. It's, I don't think I could do it. I like it, though, because I, I do enjoy the 1 p.m. game start time. I enjoy I'd be fine with noon as well. but. Everyone says how great it is on the West Coast, and that could be the case, but 10 o'clock's a little early for me uh, for, for kickoff. I think I'm going to move to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. Just like 8 a.m. NFL kickoff. <laughs> what would that be like? What, what time is it in Hawaii right now? I don't know, but if anyone lives in, the er, lives in Hawaii that's in the chat, what is it like, like getting on a live before lock or watching live before lock at 5 a.m.? <laughs> 
(laughs) Can you play DFS in Hawaii? I don't even know. I don't know if you can. It's 4 a.m. Or Alaska. So, so, yeah, you're right. It would be an 8 a.m. start time, right? Can you play DFS in, like, Guam? Um. I don't know if you ever if you've ever seen this right you would you would get a kick out of this I know you're not in the politics but you don't need to be um there was a politician that his name was uh what was his name uh Johnson yeah I think yeah he was a he was a congressman and he was concerned that we had too many people stationed in Guam and that it might tip over <laughs> swear to God look if you look it up on, on, on YouTube, it's Hank Johnson. Yeah, he was, he was concerned that it could capsize, which is one of, that's the only thing I really know about Guam is that he was concerned it might capsize. This is a real thing, but I don't know. Can you play in Guam? I don't know, but I imagine you have some really early start times. It'd yeah. be like playing League of Legends DFS in the States. It would. Oh, God, man. I remember Alex and, like, and Adam were getting up at 4 or 5 a.m. to make KB, Korean Baseball League or I guess organization lineups during quarantine. And I thought to myself, I'm good on that. I I just, no interest. I did it for League of Legends. You did do it? Yes. Okay. I know Josh and I- Just starved for anything. For sure. I I know Josh, me and Ben, who were doing the daily show, were like, you know what? We're good. I can't. It's just, it's too much. But I can understand it. The problem with me is I'd be doing it and then I'd be going right back to sleep after making those lineups. That's what I did. Right. Exactly. So you wake up and see how you did. Right. But you're not following or sweating anything. But yeah. Uh, what did you think? And we're going to get into Cardinals Rams three and a half point spread. Pretty, pretty hefty total, almost 50 points. So it's going to be fun. But what did you think of Dak Prescott running it up the gut on a QB sneak on the final play of that game? Did you see McCarthy's comments? Yeah, I thought they were the I thought they were uh idiotic honestly he blamed on the analytics team yeah but he also said it was the right play and then also blamed it on the the reps yeah i if that was truly what the analytics team decided was the optimal play i think you have bad analytics yeah i don't i don't understand how under any circumstance that could have been the play call even if it was like a plus ev decision in terms of the yardage you could gain the chance of the clock running out and you losing the game exactly. is so high that it just doesn't make sense. There were people arguing with me on Twitter, and that's fine. I enjoy it. Follow me at Lafayette underscore D uh, about this being the right play call and the refs blew it. And I'm trying to explain to them that refs blow these all of the time. Your own players blow this stuff all of the time. It is commonplace par for the course, Matt that when you're trying to get lined up and have the ball spotted, things always go wrong. So as an analytics team, if you're not accounting for the fact that more times than not, or at least enough to where I could give you a number of them straight off the top of my head from this year alone, when you run up and you have 14 seconds on the clock and try to spot the ball, if you were just anticipating this to be a regular, okay, run up and spot the ball, no problem, let's do this, that's just wrong thinking to begin with. And then they blame it on the ref. The ref has to touch the ball before you can. And then they say, well, well, he was too far away. He was this and that. You had to hand the ball to the ref. The whole thing made no sense to me. And if you want to blame it on the ref, fine. If you want to say he should have gotten it better, fine. But if you didn't go into this expecting that something could maybe go wrong in a playoff game, that to me is is inexcusable. 
Right. It's just a play call that has a lot of inherent risk in a situation Mm -hmm. where, you know, you want to take risks, but they want to be calculated. And if you're going to lose the game in a situation like that, I think you need to be much closer to the goal line where you could potentially score on a play. Like they had so many yards to gain with such little time. Just didn't make a lot of sense. Nope, it didn't. But here we are. And the, uh, I mean, like the Eagles, whew, God, they stink. They don't be, they, I, listen, Ben asked me on the deeper dive. Do you think they have a chance? Everyone calls me a homer. Said, no, they have no chance. There's no way they win this game. They haven't faced a good team in a long time. And they, they faced one yesterday. I don't know, Matt, the seventh, the whole seventh seed experiment doesn't look great when you, when you look at the Steelers and the Eagles. Yeah. Well, I think the right teams didn't get in, you know, like LA probably should have been in. I think they would have given whoever they, they would have played last night, I think. And I think they they blew it. Like, I, they, they the certainly problem. did. The, the I, I'm not saying they it. should have gotten in, but I think they would have put up more of a fight than Pittsburgh. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, I don't know either. I, but, no, I totally agree with you that, I mean, the, the Chargers always play the, the Chiefs well, but they they put themselves in a position to not get in, and then they didn't get in. It's messed up, right? Like, right. Like, there's nobody to blame but themselves. Right. You, have, you have to win the games. So, I, I don't know. I think the Eagles game was a complete disaster. And you talk about a team that might have a bad analytics department. I think Philly's prime example of this, I, you know, I think they make a lot of picks that look really good on paper if you're just running models, but they lack context. Like our Sega Whiteside was a guy that popped in models as a receiver, but you can't really contextualize playing at Stanford versus like a Metcalf who played along AJ Brown. So I understand why our Sega Whiteside maybe would have popped over him, but it doesn't make sense when you had context. Same and thing Jaylen with Rager. Rager's a disaster. Rager's the same situation. Stud at, at TCU, a lesser school compared to like Justin Jefferson, who, I mean, played extremely well at LSU. I don't really think there's a lot of excuse there, but even Andre Dillard, some of the players they drafted at non-skill position players, like Andre Dillard played fantastic in college, but he played in a scheme at Washington state that just gets the ball out so fast. in that Mike Leach air raid, when you add some context to it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So I don't know if it's bad analytics in Philly, but they're a team that's kind of just been stuck in this middling position for years now. And I think you either got to blow it up or you got to make a drastic change. Otherwise you're just not live for the Super Bowl. No doubt. And I'm with you. Chargers or Colts would have been much better matchups, much better, but the Colts got smoked by the Jags. I mean, that's just inexcusable stuff. So here we are. Anyway, I think we got a good game on tap tonight, Matt, at least I hope so. This should be, I mean, I love these division rival playoff games. This is going to be great. Two good teams, Two of them who have stumbled lately, though. I don't think there's any denying that. I mean, Matthew Stafford has looked less than sharp, right? I mean, he has not been his his normal self recently. Who knows if it's the myriad injuries that he – or nagging injuries that he's been dealing with. Uh, and then you've got the, the Arizona Cardinals, too. And they've lost what? Haven't they lost, I think, four of their last five or something? Three of their last four they've dropped. So – Interesting spot should be a high scoring game. Let's dive into it. But before we do hit that thumbs up, if you haven't done so yet, we're happy to have all of you guys with us as always. We love doing this. It's the last one of the year though, Matt, we'll definitely do some shows. I think leading up to the Super Bowl. but this is our last, probably our last showdown strategy show of the year, which is a little bittersweet, but here we are. So thanks for being with us all year. This is the 19th week and Matt and I have done two of these every single week together So uh, it's been a lot of fun hanging out with you guys. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so yet. If you hate it, you realize you've made an awful decision. 
We'll gladly refund your misery. Just click unsubscribe. And if you want to join the channel, hit join down below, get the emojis, the super chats, free super chats each month, the uh, badges and, and all that other good stuff that comes along with it. Priority access to questions and comments along with our discord. So let's make it happen, man. LA uh, Rams hosting the Arizona Cardinals. They're three and a half point favorites, 49 and a half point total. I think we got some good props that we can dive into as well, but let's kick it off with Arizona. I actually want to start in the backfield. James Conner didn't practice all week until he got in a you know, limited practice on Saturday. That seems a little bit concerning for someone who came back from a, a two-week absence in week 18 uh, and then left at one point with a rib injury and hasn't been practicing. Usually this is like a pain management thing, though, Matt. So I, I don't know what to think of a running back coming into this one in a huge game. Yeah, I saw some reports across the industry from some of the major beat reporters that the expectation is that he'll play. So I'm working under that assumption, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't build in some risk in planned situations that maybe Edmonds does carry all the work. But right now with everything on the line, tentatively expecting James Conner to be out there, Chase Edmonds luckily practiced in full. So he should be out there almost without a doubt, which gives them some security. If Conner can't get going, we know Edmonds is extremely efficient and could be a capable replacement. We'll have this information for the live before lock show, making it more important. But for today's show, I think we can kind of play the hypothetical. We'll talk about this as if James Conner's playing, and then we can talk about it as if sure. he's out. If he's out, I think Edmonds just becomes one of the best plays on the entire slate. If he's going to receive most of the volume in this Arizona offense, which includes a lot of checkdowns in the receiving game because they just don't throw the ball downfield at this point without Hopkins, Edmonds would have a ton of value. But ultimately, if we have Connor out there, I do think it goes back to somewhere around a 50-50 timeshare between Edmonds and Connor with Connor handling some of the you know goal line work that we've seen, especially early in the season, the early down work, and Edmonds playing more of that scat back role. Uh, Rosso Music says, we're acting like we're not doing a showdown show for the Super Bowl. No, what I'm saying is Matt and I do Monday, Thursday showdown shows every single week. So, yeah. We'll have like 25 Super Bowl shows. Yeah, I think I think we're probably going to start Super Bowl shows in like late January. Yeah. Uh, no, we'll have we'll have plenty of that. I'm saying we won't do one for we're going to have a dude, we're going to have a ton of betting stuff for the Super Bowl. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have a ton of stuff. Uh, and now just with all these books and states opening up, you can do cross sport bets like there, there's going to be I'm telling you, there's there's a lot of fun stuff coming down the pike. But no. Thursday, Monday, Matt and I, every single week is what we've done. That's what I was referring to. Anyway, the, the, the last time that, that we had Connor and Edmonds on the field together at the same time was what, week 15? Yeah, it's week 15. I, I do wonder, like, and, and not only that, Matt, but weeks, weeks 9 through 14 was just James Connor, And then week 16 and 17 was just chase Edmonds, <clears throat> and then last week before the injury was just james connor so it's not just at week 15 and 16 where the oh no oh i'm sorry only one week have they played it was just week 15 that's the only week since week nine that they have both been on the field together and if you remember correctly Edmonds played 39 percent of snaps but i'm pretty sure his usage was was down i think you're probably right though that we see close to a 50 50 split but my concern here is, does does James Conner get limited uh, in a game like this? And how easy is it? I, I have to speculate because we only have one game and two backfields to talk about. 
how easy is it to re-aggravate or to to just continue to to get those ribs banged up when you're a running back? I mean, if I'm the opposing defense, I'm gunning for it. Right, for sure. Both these backs have played extremely well, and it's funny, like you mentioned, we kind of have to go back to weeks like one through five, one through six to find a legit sample where these guys are on the field together and they're both fully healthy. All the other games recently they've been playing together, one of them is coming off an injury. So, you know, the first instance where we had James Conner lead back, he played amazing. He was great out of the backfield. We saw some spectacular one-handed catches. And then when Edmonds returned, it seemed that the tide had shifted a little bit towards Conner. Now, when Conner's been out the last couple of weeks, Edmonds has played relatively well. There have been a couple inefficient performances in there, but it comes down to how much do they want to get Conner out there? He's a guy that has barely practiced. Edmonds has been out on the practice field, which suggests to me that perhaps he works into a slightly larger role, definitely the pass catching roles and stuff. And then maybe you use James Conner more situationally around the goal line on plays that are truly impactful for him. But we, again, we saw this shift towards Connor previously. I think this is close to a 50, 50 split as long as, as long as Connor can handle the pain out there. Agreed. But you know, look, this stuff happens. Look at Damian Willie or Daryl Williams yesterday. You know, it was, it was the Jarek McKinnon show. And I did take some shots on that in showdowns, Matt, just trying to, to, to see if there was, you know, maybe an edge to be had there because I didn't know what Daryl Williams workload would look like. And Jarek McKinnon ended up being the guy who got a lot of that work. Sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes you make the right call. It is totally possible that James Conner is active and limited, which would just make Chase Edmonds that much more appealing. And you already mentioned that Chase Edmonds would be, yeah, the, probably the preeminent play on the slate at his price point. He is, I, I don't understand that salary whatsoever. But even if, even if Connor's in, I think there is a real possibility, a real avenue for Edmonds to get the majority of the work and see his ownership come down as a result of, of Connor being active. Look, it's not a guarantee at all, but it's one way you have to at least consider playing this slate. I agree with you 100%. It's, it's kind of surprising to see the price difference like the difference between them being so great. I would have expected this to be pretty close and both of them fairly expensive, especially Edmonds. Like coming in this cheap, he has a clear pass catching role. So that bakes in a pretty good floor for him there. And I, you know, I don't think this is going to be a Daryl Williams situation from last night. I think the Cardinals would have to get up in this game early and then play from a lead throughout for that to happen. I mean, like it was the perfect recipe for Daryl Williams to sit. He fumbles on his first carry, which is Nicole Hardman's fault largely. Like, I don't yeah. understand that. You have you have Daryl Williams not practicing all week. He's not even taking handoffs from Mahomes. So you're like, all right, we're going to get him in on this gimmick play. How many handoffs has Nicole Hardman actually practiced to Daryl Williams in the season, let alone last week? So that's right. the play you call. And then they just destroy Pittsburgh so badly. Why are you, You're not going to play your hurt player. No. Even if he wasn't 100%, like, just get him healthy for the next rounds. So I don't know. Sure, but McKinnon started the game. Right. And I'm sure Daryl Williams was on like a snap count to some degree, like right. maybe like James Conner will be tonight. Like we're going to use Daryl Williams in situations where we think he's really impactful because he is injured. And then they didn't need to use they no situation was impactful when they blew out Pittsburgh that badly. I do not see that being the case tonight with Conner. I do think he plays much more than Daryl Williams did last night, even barring a fumble. Right. If he plays is what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. I still think though that it makes a really good spot for Edmonds. He's he's $5,000 and he's only getting 21% projected ownership. I'm not saying captain him, but 
that's low ownership for a guy that is probably going to be your primary pass catching back. So I still like him a lot. I like him too. I think there's a little bit of fragility baked into our projections right now because we still have James Conner with positive leverage. I think a lot of that is coming down to the low ownership he's projecting to have at this point in the slate. And I don't really see it coming up because of the injury tag. But Edmonds is also positively leveraged, albeit slightly. But there's a chance that Edmonds takes on a larger workload than we're baking into his projection. It's just a little fragile right now, not completely knowing what James Conner workload is going to be. So I think these are two players that I'm going to be trying to get a lot of tonight, particularly Edmonds because of the price. All right. So I know you've got a couple things on Odd Shopper for the passing game for Arizona. Speaking of fragility, it's been a weird spot. I mean, Ertz has a team leading 23% target share since Murray returned in, in week 13. But you've got Christian Kirk. You've got A.J. Green, right? You've got Rondell Moore, who's questionable for this game. And then obviously no DeAndre Hopkins, who remains on the IR. How do we kind of sort out, and we can talk about Kyler Murray here, but how do we sort out the, <clears throat> the passing attack? I think it's largely going to be you know, Ertz with a tentative lead on this target share, I think that could ebb and flow in any individual game. But it seems that at the top, you have Ertz, you have A.J. Green, and you have Christian Kirk. And there's not a ton separating them. I think Christian Kirk, you could label the wide receiver one. Ertz has actually been more targeted, but all these targets are coming right around the line of scrimmage. He doesn't have hardly any downfield usage. And then you have A.J. Green, the guy who's, you know, working more down the field. He's more of your prototypical X receiver or a Z receiver, a boundary receiver, whatever you want to call it. And I think there's a potential that that's who Jalen Ramsey goes against. Kirk, Kirk operates a little more in the slot, so the matchup doesn't make quite as much sense there. Ertz obviously is going to operate out of the slot. So when you're talking about who Ramsey might face, are you going to put him on Antoine Wesley, like a practice squad caliber athlete, or are you going to put him on A.J. Green? So I think there's a little more risk with Green, but again, he's, he's cheaper. None of these Arizona receivers are particularly expensive, though. Like, I mean, I was building some lineups this morning, the most expensive is Christian Kirk at 7K in the flex. There's absolutely no issues playing him, no restrictions playing him, really. And all these guys you can fit in easily. A.J. Green at 5.8K. Kyler Murray stacks are really cheap, and I have a lot of interest in these in tournaments. So do I. You have interest in the betting world, too, when it comes to these guys, right? Like, how much, how much interest do you have in some of these overprops? Yeah, so this is one I, I want to talk about both sides of it. So we didn't hit on Rondell Moore yet, and he, he might not even play, but let's work this under the assumption that he'll be out there. You can find projections for him around 15 and a half yards, and our projections like him towards the over. I actually disagree with that a little bit and want to look more towards players like Kirk and A.J. Green. And my favorite is, is Kirk here because I think there's the potential Ramsey might play more against Green. So you have Kirk on our projections, 61.9 yards. You can find his props at 50 and a half. LA is the favorite in this game. So negative game script suggests they should be throwing a little more. Kirk avoids the most difficult matchups in this Rams secondary playing out of the slot. And then based on our projections outside of Rondale, in my opinion, everybody in this receiving core has some value because of the overall low projection in the high like, passing game environment we'll see for Arizona. So Kirk, I think is my favorite. I could see green. We have him as a pretty decent value with a 59% win rate too. Just a little worried about the matchup. Rondale Moore is the curious one. We do have him projected towards the over, but I have a lot of pause there. I'm just not sure what his role in the offense is. If he's healthy, like who does he play over? He doesn't play over Antoine Wesley. 
Wesley's like your prototypical X receiver taking the direct position that DeAndre Hopkins played. Green's going to be the Z Kirk out of the slot. And they use Ertz as a slot receiver. So I don't see where Rondale Moore has a role in this offense. And we've seen that even when he's healthy. He comes on the field for a couple gadget plays and then he's off and he doesn't have a clear role whatsoever. So as far as the, the projections go, I'm going to follow them with Christian Kirk towards the over on his receiving yards. I like where you're li- where your thinking's at here. I think one of the things that, that makes it tough for our projections is when you're looking at like targets per route run on more, it's, it's nice. The problem is, as you're pointing out, how often is he going to be on the field? Uh, and the guy needs to create yards after the catch. He's just not going to get there otherwise. But when you look at green, green has been, I mean, last week was a, was a disappointing game and I had some of him. I thought it would be a, a pretty decent spot. He was targeted nine times. Uh, he was unable to come down with a couple deep balls as well. These really in, in a, in a near 50 point total game against what should be, what should be a good offense for the Rams. Once again, they can, they can put some points on the board. This should be a game where Kyler Murray is forced to throw the football. Um, and those, those seem, I mean, what you, at that, at this rate, I'm just looking at our projections. We've got Kirk at 61.9 projected receiving yards. We have AJ green at 55.1 and with these two props, Matt, you're, you're, even if you just look at the props, that's a combined 94 total receiving yards between the one and two receivers on this team. So uh, not including Ertz, obviously, but I like that. I like that a lot. Um, and our, yeah, like I said, our projections on odd shopper are the same ones we use at awesome. All, all of our data scientists uh, cre- with these props and running simulations to, to give you guys the best bets out there. So yeah, over 43 and a half on DraftKings. the best place to bet it is DraftKings, at least for me and PA. Uh, and then 50 and a half for Kirk on FanDuel minus 110. What do you what do you think of Zach Ertz today? That's that's one of the big questions here because he hasn't done a lot with his targets. He's been fine, but he hasn't had those explosive games despite getting targeted a ton on high percentage opportunities. I think he's he's fine for the reasons you mentioned. Definitely doesn't stand out over Kirk or AJ Green or maybe even Antoine Wesley. I think you can lump him into this category because he's had a surprisingly solid role. But it comes down to targets and he gets so many of them that I think he should be in consideration just based on the raw volume. A guy like Ertz, even if he doesn't catch a long ball or score a touchdown because of the raw target volume, he can kind of backdoor his way into some really productive games. And again, none of these Arizona receivers stand out in terms of price, ownership or their roles. It's pretty smooth across the board. So I think Ertz is a guy you want to mix in. I cross reference this with our top plays tool, our showdown top plays tool. And Ertz is actually the highest in terms of positive leverage right now, which was a little surprising to me, but I think it comes down to he's a little cheaper than Kirk. He has a slightly better role than AJ Green. So it's kind of that perfect situation where you combine the two and Ertz ends up with the best positive leverage score. But again, looking at the props on Odd Shopper, looking at our top plays tool, most of these pass catchers are positively leveraged. and There seems to be some value on the Arizona side. Agreed. With Murray... What's his captain spot ownership right now? Uh, it's got to be. Okay, so top play percentage is 18%. That's second highest on the slate. Uh, captain optimal, 5.6. So that, okay. Captain ownership, 5.7% for, for Kyler Murray. That's interesting. Stafford, Sonny Michelle, and, and obviously Cooper Cup are all uh, significantly higher. That seems... 
Interesting. One of the weirdest things on the Kyler Murray projection is he seems to be significantly over-owned in the utility and under-owned in the cap. Right. And I, I, I think that suggests to me, just because we have some really good alternatives like Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, and we'll get into that side of the game. But if Kyler Murray really breaks this slate, I think he needs to do something with his legs. And in that case, he's not throwing the ball quite as much to his receivers. And we know the target distribution is already really spread out. So what does the Kyler Murray, Murray ceiling game look like where one of the receivers outscores him? I, I think that is a less likely outcome than maybe on the LA side, which could potentially explain why the captain ownership is a little low, but the utility ownership is a little high. Maybe it's just the alternatives, but I don't know. That's really curious. I don't think I've seen that all year. Can you remember a time where you saw like a significantly under-owned captain, but over-owned utility? Not at quarterback, no. Me either. Not like a quarterback. We have optimal utility ownership at 3.1%. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just a little off and we have to fix it. I mean, it's definitely possible, right? I think there could be explanations though, too. Like maybe it's no, just Matt, you got to refresh, refresh it. We updated like 20 some okay. minutes ago, but it's still optimal utility uh, is 51% now. 51%. Yeah. But he's still only getting less than 6% ownership. Okay, in the he's, never mind. Ignore everything I just said. He's significantly positively leveraged. So yeah, would have been nice to know that before I went into that diatribe. So sorry about that, guys. No, I, I, I'm sorry for 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 not correcting you on that. I I had just updated right now as well. Uh, okay, well, ignore everything I just said. Tyler <laughs> looks like a great play across the for board. Sure. For sure. What I was asking though is he? Yeah, only five percent captain project five point seven percent ownership projected at the captain spot is still really low for a quarterback. Yeah, it is. And now it looks like he's slightly over on the captain, barely, and then really under on the utility. So literally everything I said, it's the opposite. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Uh, anything glad else? We got that, glad we got that update five minutes into the show. <laughs> anything Thanks, else guys. you want to touch, touch on? Not right now. I need to gather myself. <laughs> uh, I should point out too that we still have until today is the last day to get the awesome nfl express pass for a single dollar usually we do like free nfl uh tools on days like this showdown days uh, actually nba and nhl player projections are both free on the site today but instead of doing that for one dollar nfl express pass everything on the site for our showdown slates a lot of main slate content too. the the lineup builder light the player rankings, the, the t all of our tiers tools, but everything for showdown, which means that if you took advantage of it today, you're getting our ownership, you're getting our, our top plays tool, which is, you know, all of this, the top play probability, cap, uh, optimal captain probability, everything, running simulations to give you guys the best data going into these slates. You That, that would mean you'd have, if you did it today, you'd have tonight's showdown slate, You'd have what, Matt? We should have two games on Saturday and two games on Sunday as well, right? Yeah, those playoff showdowns, even when we had multiple games, were still really large. Yeah. I was I was pleasantly surprised how large the the payouts were for some of those contests, especially the primetime night games. Really good money up top in some of those tournaments. Yeah, no doubt. And again, you have you have uh prime you have main site stuff too, but essentially for every showdown slate, that means you'd be paying 20 cents 
per slate to get the best tools out there for showdowns and building lineups. I mean, can't beat it. I'd take advantage of it. And I told you guys to wait until we got closer to these games so you could get as many games as possible and not miss out on that. You're getting five showdown games. Today's the last day to do it. So check it out. And if, uh, super wild is the promo code, but instead just go to awesome.com slash promos and click instead of having to type it in awesome.com slash promos. will get you there. $1 awesome. NFL express pass single buck. Uh, thanks for the super chat, Sammy. We had another one. Do, uh, D Owens. Wesley is captain to jam in studs. I personally would not do that at all, but maybe Matt has, um, Maybe, maybe Matt has some, some opinions. We can look at the, the top stack tool too. He's got, what's his optimal captain? Ah, 4% positively leveraged. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm a little off base there. I think you can do it. It's a, it's a large field tournament play for me because I think he's pretty clearly the fourth option in the pass catching room there, but still the target shares aren't too different. Like they're spread pretty clearly across the board. So I think Wesley in large field tournaments could make sense but he he's not going to be in like low risk contests, small field stuff for me. For sure. All right. Oh, Hey, and by the way, I want to get to the Rams here. We got a lot to talk about putrid offensive line performance last week. I mean, really concerning stuff. And they ended up blowing a 17 point lead. But before we do shout out to jock market, our sponsor here, if you haven't checked it out, they've turned fantasy sports into a stock exchange. Sorry for doing two reads back to back. That's my fault. I try to space them out. Usually I'm good at that, but uh, they, here's the good thing. If you uh, sign up and use the promo code awesome, you get a $50 bonus on your first deposit and they have a first market guarantee where they'll refund any losses in your first NFL or NBA market up to a hundred dollars. Oh, and we have free jock market IPO projections to help you beat the market. Meaning over at jock market, you're buying, selling, holding shares of players. Uh, and they have an IPO period where you can pick up shares of your favorite players before any of these games go live whether it's NFL, NHL, NBA, PGA, all of that stuff, you download the app, Jock Market, J-O-C-K-M-K-T, can make money down to the minute, down to the second, really, just by buying and selling or holding shares of players in real time for real money. So check it out. Use the promo code AWESOMO. Get a $50 deposit bonus when you sign up and deposit and take advantage of the first market guarantee. $100 back if you don't profit, up to $100 back if you don't profit in your first NFL or NBA market. And lastly, use our free uh, Jock Market IPO projections at Awesomeo to help you beat the market. Jock Market, sponsor of the strategy show. All right, Matt, LA Rams. You've got Cooper Cup, his top play probability using our top plays tool. That's why I was talking about that promo. 46%, Matt. Despite all of these good players on this slate, 46% top play probability, 14% optimal captain probability. Uh, he's just been the most automatic player in the league all season long. Yeah, he plays in a pass-first offense with a non-mobile quarterback. So the chance that that PPR and touchdown value with the you know point per reception value and the six-point touchdowns counting more than what Stafford gets through the air, that's huge, especially with a guy that has such a condensed target share. Like he's well ahead of Odell Beckham. He's well ahead of Van Jefferson, Tyler Higby, and he's just been so consistent all year long. That consistency, even at his elevated price, he's still wildly underowned in both the captain and the utility spot. And this isn't a place to get super cute. I think this is a place where you just lock in Cooper Cup and you get different elsewhere. Yeah, I think it is too. I mean, 
when it comes to cup on a slate like this in an obvious must win game, right? In the postseason, I don't see any reason why you go away from him. The problem with a team like this is when you try to go, there's other teams that are just dominant enough to where they can. You and I talked about it before the show. Uh, like Mahomes, if he needs to, can go to Kelsey. Hell, he can go to Pringle, who is I, props to you on that, Matt. You you were you were on Pringle before the season began. That was, I think, one of your one of your most more glorious moments when we were doing best ball drafts. Demarcus Robinson, though, actually showed up yesterday. They just spread it around. They had five guys with five plus receptions. They had six with four plus. It was pretty ridiculous. But I don't really think Stafford, I don't know if they're equipped to do that. I get it. Odell Beckham's pretty solid, but he's not, I don't think he's the guy right now. And, and Van Jefferson, if he plays, he is completely just disappeared into oblivion lately. I don't think you can afford, and Higby, of course, but I don't think you can afford to just be like, you know what, they're going to try and stop Cup, so we'll go elsewhere. I don't know if teams can stop Cup at this point. Yeah, I think you're right, and I agree with you. I don't think this is the Bills or the Chiefs where, you know, you stop the premier asset on offense in the pass-catching room, and then somebody else can beat you. Maybe that can happen. I just don't think we've seen it to the same degree as Kansas City or Buffalo. Odell hasn't played as well as we thought. He's been injured a lot this year, so it's hard to say if that's him or the injury. Stafford's been playing injured himself, and I remember these, I'm sure you do too, these really weird cryptic reports about Stafford's dealing with like this lifestyle injury that's never going to go away in his back. Like he deals with it every single day, which who knows how much that affects him here. It's a really cryptic report, but I don't think he's healthy is the point. And if you can take, yeah, if you can take away Cup, and then your reliance on Van Jefferson and Odell Beckham. And I mean, Ben Skaronic has been playing a surprising amount of snaps for a guy who's like an undrafted free agent caliber, caliber player. Can those guys win and beat the team if they take away cup? I'm not a hundred percent sure. So I do think there is more risk with these pass catchers, but with, with everything we said on cup, no team has been able to really stop them all year long. One, one game below 95 yards, just absolutely mind boggling production. He's fantastic. And I know people talked about last time they faced that the first time they faced Arizona, because the first game, the only game under 92 yards was as a matter of fact, against the Cardinals, Matt, back in week four. And I remember people talking about like, yeah, tough spot. He, he, he was underwhelming. I don't know if I want to go to him here. And then he had 13 receptions for 123 yards and a touchdown against the same Arizona team, 13 receptions. Yeah. So I mean, look, man, last two games, seven and seven targets, right? That that's the, those are his two lowest target totals of the season, but it was also against the Baltimore team that had no Lamar Jackson. And I don't, I don't know what happened against San Francisco. Do you have any, he still had a good game, still had 30 fantasy points, but. I don't know. I, I don't think that that is the trend that we should be looking at. I'm assuming we get back to double digit targets again for Cooper cup today. Yeah. They took their foot off the gas against San Francisco blue is 17 point. Really lead. dumb. They are unbelievable. And their run rate in that game was extremely high. I don't know many, how, how many raw carries they had, but I know Michelle had over 20 and then cam Akers made his cameo performance. He had at least five carries. And I know he had some targets in the past game. And then Stafford played poorly. You brought up the offensive line, and I think that's going to be a concern again here. J.J. Watt is expected to play in this game. They, and I, I think there's pretty good confidence because they, they cut a player on their roster to make room for J.J. Watt. In addition to Chandler Jones, Zach Allen, and the pass rushes they already have, 
that's going to be an issue. As long as JJ Watt is healthy enough to give us even like 75% of what we know he can do. So that's an issue. I think they're going to have to get the ball out fast. That does benefit cup Odell Beckham and Van Jefferson work a little further downfield. So it's going to be hard for me to get away from cup. And I don't think you have to play him in the captain. You can very well just play him in utility. And maybe that's a way you can, you can gain some leverage, but cup's not a guy I'm fading. Me neither. And last thing, I also don't think people understand Cooper cup gets targeted this much every game because his ability to create separation and his route running is second to none. It really is second to none at this point, Matt. Like when you, if you watch Cooper Cup, this isn't just Matthew Stafford throwing up prayers to him. It's not like he's the biggest receiver. He's not even the most athletic receiver. He's just a as precise a route runner as you could possibly get pretty much anywhere on the field. So, you know, that's just how it goes. But I, I have some reservations about guys like Van Jefferson and, and Odell Beckham. It's a showdown slate, so we're going to have to get there. And Odell Beckham, if there's, if there's one real silver lining here, it's that the guy scored five touchdowns <clears throat> since he's come to, to the Rams. He hasn't really had any of those ceiling games, though. And I don't know, for, for as long as Cooper Cup is in this on this offense, I don't know if you're going to get those Odell Beckham ceiling games unless he scores twice. I agree with you. And I, it seems like Van Jefferson's the big play guy they use a little more down the field. Think like that Deshaun Jackson role. You occasionally get a play like that for Beckham, but it's still few and far between. He hasn't been used in that capacity. And then the target share is not all that different either. And if you just go down and play Van Jefferson, you can save 1500 in salary, even a little more 1600, I believe is the exact number. So that's something I'll probably look at doing a lot in these lineups with Cooper cup Stafford. And if you're trying to play Kyler, you have to make a concession somewhere. And for me, I think Odell Beckham could be that player. If you can get a similar role from even a Tyler Higby, like a Tyler Higby or Van Jefferson make a lot of sense to me. I'm with you. All right. So what about somebody in Higby? If you look at snap counts, we're back to seeing Tyler Higby getting all of the, the snaps, Matt. Now that isn't to say that, that Higby is going to be a target monster each week. But I honestly do think if you're looking at Higby and Van Jefferson, we should be factoring in a lot here, including ownership and all of that. They're pretty – turn my video off on accident. Just had a wild sneeze there. All right, we're back. We're back. That, that, I, I'm quick on that mute, though. I'll tell you what, like my hands started shaking uh, just to get it over there. So – with Odell Beckham, with Van Jefferson, and then Higby, who we haven't touched on yet, I feel like he's one of the more interesting plays here. Not because he's a he's a high A dot player, but they've tar his target counts have really seen a nice increase recently. He's coming off a two touchdown game. He's a big body to be used in the red zone, and now you're getting Higby at say ninety. He if Higby might play a hundred percent of snaps today, I, I really think that Higby could come out, play a hundred percent of snaps as we saw him do in four of his first seven games of the season. Now he's played 97 and 94% of snaps over his last two. He's on the field all of the time and you're not paying a premium for him. So I actually like Higby a lot today. Yeah. I think you're hundred percent right with Higby. He's had a solid role in the red zone as well. And if we think, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Stafford today, which I think is very much in the realm of possibility. Who are the receivers that work underneath? Outside of Cup, I think Higby might be the next closest option, like the safest option, the safety blanket for the offense. 
And that has a lot of value in terms of just raw PPR points, especially for a guy with a middling price. That could be enough to outscore Van Jefferson, who gets used a lot more downfield. And those are going to be volatile targets. I mean, they have plenty of upside, but volatile nonetheless. I think with Van Jefferson, you're far more likely to get a two-point score than with Higby. So Higby, I think, is safer. And he's somebody that I'm going to look at a lot more in the utility spot. I think he needs multiple touchdowns in the captain to outscore a guy like Cup Price adjusted. But still, Higby, I think, is a little safer. Hey, where are you at? Actually, let me ask you this. Skoranek, are there any other pass catchers worth touching on here? Skoranek is worth touching on because the value is pretty scarce today. You basically have Antoine Wesley, and then you have Skoranek. And there's a lot of constructions where you play two value pieces because Cup is so expensive. Murray's expensive. Stafford's expensive. So when I ran Optimals this morning for DraftKings specifically, I got a lot of lineups that had both Skowronic and Wesley, and that makes some sense. Skowronic's role really surprised me in their most recent game. And I mean, we're talking about a game with everything on the line. I believe Skowronic played 17 snaps in a game against San Francisco that they ultimately ended up losing. But we know that was a highly competitive game. And, and going in, it looked like both teams needed to win. Ultimately, that didn't end up being the case. The Rams still get in, but that was a game they could have improved their playoff position. Skowronic playing that much, as surprising as it is, it makes him a decent play tonight just based on his price. I think so too, especially if you're if you're you, you know you have expensive players in in Cup and and Stafford and Murray. With Ben Skoranek, you are getting a value option that I mean, look, let's not fool ourselves, Matt. It's it's ugly. You're hoping that you know he's got like two for forty and maybe a touchdown, right? Like that's what you're hoping for. But on a showdown slate, you've got to find value somewhere now. At the running back position, this is where it gets strange. And I do, I have a couple of props here that I like a lot, and I'll jump into them in a second. But when you look at, at this backfield, Cam Akers made his debut. Congratulations to him, by the way, coming back from an Achilles tear in like five and a half months, which is absurd. He played 13 snaps and he touched the ball on eight of them. So my guess is you see something similar again today where his snap count overall is limited, but when he's on the field, he'll get some opportunities. He had five carries for negative three yards, pretty bad, but Sonny Michelle had 21 for like 40 yards. Sonny Michelle averaged two yards per attempt as well, but Akers was targeted three times. Now let's just break this down a little bit. Sonny Michelle also saw three targets, only one reception, but 27 routes run. So he still ran a lot more routes, more than three times as many routes as Akers because he was on the field for a, a ton of a ton of snaps, what 80% of snaps, down from 98% the week before Akers did get worked in. But I still have a tough time seeing this play out where Akers plays a lot of snaps tonight, Matt. If you think I'm wrong here, please tell me so I can make some adjustments or at least reevaluate. I don't think you're wrong. I, I think you're actually right. And I think you're seeing the line move towards your position right now. This is one I, I've seen a lot of money coming in on acres unders. So if you have the opportunity to bet this, I think now is when you will find the best line. The situation with acres is a little complex. They obviously brought him back because they view him playing some sort of role in this offense. But again, last week was a hyper competitive game, a game that they needed to win for a lot of reasons. And they ultimately still use Sony Michelle as a near bell cow back. Sonny Michelle had, I believe it's 24, 25 touches in that game. He had 21 carries, and I think four targets, three receptions. Could be wrong on the exact numbers there. That's still a ton of work in the run game. 
And when Akers is on the field, he is being designed plays. At this point, I'm not even sure that that's a positive for the offense. It's kind of a tip to the defense. When I Akers, thought the same thing. Yeah, when Akers comes in, the, and maybe that's why his efficiency was so bad. I don't know. But again, Sony is the guy they used in a lot of those crunch time situations. It wasn't Akers. He was in more of the gimmicky role. And again, he's only had one extra week to recover. How much change could there possibly be? In a playoff game, no less. And Sony Michelle's played quite well. I, I got to tell you, 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 uh, you, um, you alluded to this, Matt. But I do like the Sony Michelle under on rushing yards a lot right now. And I tell you, you can't even get it on a, on a decent amount of books. Like if you, the, the best thing about odd shopper is I don't have to look around to see where this prop is at. It'll just tell me, uh, like I, I said, okay, where's Sony Michelle. Let me search Sony Michelle, get this guy, get this fella to, to pop up for me and see where it's at. I just refreshed. So I want to see where we stand here on Sony Michelle, Mike. Okay. Mike already pulled it up. Good stuff. Mike, Mike lost his voice today. There's nothing there. I mean, it's completely gone, completely gone. Was up uh, partying with, with strippers and, 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 and Coke till like 5. AM Matt. unprofessional. Get him when he can't defend himself. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I'm Do you have something to say joking. about Mike. You say it now. I'm clearly joking. It was 4. AM. But with Sonny Michelle, you've got his, uh, I'm sorry, Acres, 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 my fault, my fault. I was thinking about Mike's escapades from yesterday. Uh, with, with Cam Akers, you got him at, okay, Sugar House, 33 and a half rushing yards. I mean, that just seems like a high number because FanDuel's got it at 29, points bet has it at 30. Under 33 and a half, Matt. And of course, I, I'm looking at, at, at Pennsylvania, or you could look at Jersey here. Under 33 and a half for a guy that had five carries last week. And, and, and it was an important game. It was a very important game still. Five carries, first week back, five and a half months removed from an ace or from an Achilles rupturing his Achilles. And Sony Michelle's played well. And on top of all of that, their offensive line, their run blocking has not looked good. Uh, it just feels like a spot that I don't want to get away from. Uh, we have it at a 76% expected win rate, 39% XROI. If I lose that, I'll just, uh, I'll take the L and I'll be okay with it, man. I think that's a bad line. I'm with you too. And I think the, the signal here is that all these other books are moving it towards the under. So if you can capitalize on the trailing line, the one that's lagging behind a little bit, there's still a lot of value to be had. And I don't see this going up. If anything, it's just going to continue going down the rest of the day. Sammy Telesco, <laughs> strippers and coke, my kind of party. Oh man, Buffalo war pigs, huh? Yeah, I think another thing too is we've had good success doing these shows, betting unders on backup running backs this year because once you get in like high pressure, important games, they just don't use this much. Cam Akers is not your prototypical backup running back because he's actually good. But he's played one, Matt, you just said it. He's played one game, and he's, he's one week removed from that. So, yeah, uh, Darren, I agree. I think Cam's used to give Sonny Michelle a breather. He gets some opportunities a little bit in the passing game. But if you had to project how many carries he has, what do you give it? Because I'm going like five or six, and if that's the case, I'm still taking under 33 and a half. My number was six. Six. Okay, yeah. I like the over on Sonny Michelle as well. I know this offensive line struggled to run block. His production was terrible last game from an efficiency standpoint, but 
55 and a half yards still seems low for a guy that is likely to get another 18 to 20 plus carries. They have been running the ball a little bit more lately. They're still three and a half point home favorites. So I, I like the over on Sonny Michelle under on Cam Akers. What do you think of this backfield, man? I think for DFS purposes, it still does have some value and it comes from the receiving game. We we've seen because of the offensive line, a lot of targets go to these backs in recent weeks, even Cam Akers, three targets on his very limited snap counts last week, Michelle, he's priced in a tier below the studs. So he's not a guy you necessarily have to forego in your lineups. You could still play lineups that have, you know, like cop Stafford and get Michelle in there pretty easy or put Kyler in one of those lineups too. If you, if you'd like to, but you don't have to make significant concessions with him at 7.8 K. You could play him over like an Odell Beckham. You could play him over like a, a Arizona receiver, Christian Kirk, Zach Ertz, whoever it may be. So I still do like him, even if they don't have a lot of success in the run game, even if they get down, we should see Michelle on the field, getting some pass game work, making him pretty game script independent. Is, is that kind of how you see it too? Yeah, 100%. I, I think you're spot on with that. I mean, how many, how many touches do you think in a neutral game script or maybe slightly positive game script does Sonny Michelle see? I think his range is 15 to 20. And if they're okay. really winning more than that. Okay. Yeah, I, th I think so. Is there any, is there any reason or justification to play lineups that have Cam Akers in them? It's hard. It's really hard for me to get there. I don't see it either. He's not cheap at all. That's the thing. Like he's, he's more expensive considerably than Chase Edmonds. Which is insane. Somebody Agreed. said definitely Akers at captain. You have to consider that you're, first of all, he has a, a real negative leverage score, 0.3% optimal captain probability. If Akers was like, if Akers was priced like his workload and his snap count, then I think we could have an entirely different conversation. I'll take some shots. Maybe he gets a goal line carry, but at this point, what are you going to need to get him there? He's, he's a legitimate mid-priced player that's getting low-priced opportunities. That's 100% it. It's just you're foregoing so many players that are going to see more work than him. So many. You need to run so hot. Like we, we talk about captaining running backs, too, a lot of times. Like even a running back that has all of the work. Like he still needs things to go in his favor. You need significant positive game script. You need to have the quarterback and receivers not have a large part of that positive game script with running back captains. There's already a lot that can go wrong. Now you're dealing with a guy that doesn't have a full workload. And I mean, they're, they're a pass first team. Like any of these receivers could outscore him price adjusted too. You certainly wouldn't be surprised if Odell outscores him, Higby Van Jefferson for cheaper prices. There's just so much risk with acres, especially considering him in the captain. Not to mention he's kind of supposed to be the running back of the future, you know. They did spend a lot of draft capital on him. Early second, right? Yeah. Anything else you want to hit on for the Rams before we build a lineup? I think we hit on all the major skill position players. These teams are interesting. They don't use a lot of these, like, rotational depth guys. So there's not the, like, min price wide receiver three that gets a couple snaps. I think the best case for that is Skowronic, but we already touched on him. I'm with you. Do we have any, I was just checking to see if we have any value that's getting decent ownership or even like, what's the, what's the cheapest guy that has the highest optimal utility percentage? Skyronic. It is, huh? Yeah. Okay. 
And well, Wesley to Wesley. Wesley's a little more expensive. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, isn't he? he? Yeah, he's $600 more, but I'm saying his optimal utility probability is still like 10% higher than Scott. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. I thought you just meant the like cheapest. I phrased it. Yeah, I phrased it. I got it what you're saying. Yeah, I, I should have. It was weird. But uh, yeah, Wesley's up there. Point, my point is that there's just not a lot. For sure. It's, that's why I think you get some lineups where both of them pop. As far as the overall slate, it's really interesting because you have the very expensive elite options that we obviously want to jam, but we don't necessarily have the consistent value to do it. There's no Juju Smith-Schuster on this slate. Right. Well, I wish there wasn't yesterday either. I actually <laughs> went with a lot of James Washington just throwing darts. and That worked. It did. The rest of my lineups with him sucked, though, so it made no difference. Hit that thumbs up, too. We got over 400 people watching, Matt, for a playoff showdown. So it's good stuff, man. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Thanks for being here. Yeah, well, I think we get over 100. That would be a 25% ratio there, likes to viewers. I think that's doable. 400 people watching. We're at 78 now. That gives us 22. A little back of the napkin math. Billy says, still embarrassed by the Eagles. The best thing that ever happened to Philly was Bill Burr. I, I, I'm assuming you're talking about that set where, yeah, that, if, if you're talking about that set with funny thing too, Billy, is he goes back and he made merch when he went back to Philly, like talking about that. And none of them remembered any of it. Like they just completely forgot. They're like, oh, okay, just go on stage. And he said it was, it was check that out. Though. Check that out. If you have it online, we're okay. We're getting, we're getting to hundred likes. Appreciate you guys. Love you too, Alexander. All right, Matt, want to build a lineup here? Let's do it. Last question. Lyle, kickers, defenses, any final thoughts there? I think there's some interest in both. There's some weaknesses on both sides of the ball. Arizona has been, I guess you'd call it kind of like a scared offense to some degree. They haven't been pushing the ball downfield without Hopkins. So they've been a little broken, but on the other side, like LA has a bunch of injuries. They signed Eric Weddle to play in their secondary. They still do have True. solid players, good pass rush, but they could score on that. And then there's a huge mismatch in the Rams offensive line versus very strong Arizona defensive line getting stronger. So I do think there's some merit to playing some defenses, just playing them when I get them, not taking a stand, but I'm certainly not Xing them out either. All right. Large field tournament. We'll have some fun with this. Yes, there's a Millie maker today. There's there's huge contests across the board. I think Yahoo's got one with great payouts, as they usually do. 15K up top. Yeah, FanDuel's got big contests. Let's go DraftKings large field tournament. Who are we captaining, Matt? This is really, really interesting. There's a lot of leverage to be had with a guy like Kyler today. He's coming in right now at 5.7% captain ownership and seventh highest on the slate. I think we, or eighth highest, excuse me. I think we could take a shot with a guy like Kyler who has an enormous ceiling. Let's do it. And something you had talked about earlier in the show that makes me like this a little bit more, especially given how low his ownership is at captain, it's not particularly tough to stack this team with their top receivers and still get good players elsewhere. Yeah, to your point, I don't think we'd have any issue putting Cup in this lineup. And then well, that's have exactly like a, what we're doing right now. So let's go Cup as our first uh, flex. That gives us Murray and Cup. 5,000 per player remaining. So it could get a little tricky, but let's see what we can do. Yeah, I think first of all, with the two expensive guys, we open some salary with Anton Wesley. So we start the stack really cheap, give us some breathing room. I like it. 
I also want to throw out there, do not be afraid to put Chase Edmonds at this price in Murray Captain Captain Murray lineups at oh, all. I love that. No issues at all. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't mind doing it here, Matt, but do we want – well, I guess let, let's see what happens. Let's put Edmonds in here, and then if you want to go with another Arizona pass catcher, we could do that as well, and then we'll have – I think we'll have enough to, to make a decent lineup outside of that with the final guy. I think so too. So we're going to do admins for sure. Yeah. Let's just try it. Let's see what happens. All this right. I can do, catch six passes tonight. Let's do Ertz then round that out. Okay. And normally I don't, even with most pass catching backs, I don't love pairing them with the quarterback because the receptions are just so much more valuable for a running back than they are for a quarterback, given that they're usually like low a dot passes and they're based PPR. Uh, but if Edmonds gets a receiving touchdown, that's going to be huge for both of them, especially if it's long. So who'd you go with? Ertz. All right. 72 remaining. It gives us Beckham. It gives us Higby. Because I don't think we want to go with a full-out onslaught for Arizona. The Rams are going to score in this game, unless it just all is Cooper Cup but we're fading Matthew Stafford here. What do you want to do with the final spot? Do we want two Rams receivers without Stafford? I think that's viable because Stafford's not mobile. And maybe it's not the touchdowns that get these guys there, but just raw PPR volume. Sure. So Stafford doesn't throw a touchdown, but the PPR volume is what gets the receivers in the optimal and keeps Stafford out on top of price. So All Beckham right, would be my pick. If that's the case, though, we could go Higby because this is a larger field tournament. We'd have 1,800 remaining. It'd be a little bit off the beaten path here. Wouldn't be the same as everybody else is doing. You could go Higby here. For sure. I'm go. definitely fine with that too. Okay, cool. Murray, Cup, Wesley, Edmonds, Ertz, and Higby. And honestly, Matt, there's so many different ways you can mix this up. Like if you wanted to turn Edmonds into A.J. Green, you could do that. You could turn Ertz into Kirk. There's a lot of different ways to make this stuff work. So I like it. Me too. You could use Jefferson, but overall, I think our construction solid. Okay. So that's it final. And that's our lineup builder that Mike's using, by the way, it's pretty cool. It gives you leverage scores, contrarian scores uh, for tournaments and all that good stuff. Give me your final predictions, Matt NBA lineup or uh, strategy show, because it's, Oh, hey, happy Martin Luther King day to everybody. It's coming up at 10 30. So it'll be more so like a live before lock. Uh, and then we'll have a bunch of NBA content coming up throughout the night. We'll have the deeper dive for NFL as well and live before lock for that. But give me your final predictions, total and, and, and sides here. Who do you like? I'm going to go a little off the board. Arizona 23, Rams 20. And, you know, got to include a score for Arizona that includes three field goals. We know Cliff loves them. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of advantages towards Arizona tonight. Uh, again, I think my pick is a little contrarian, but that's what I'm going to go with. Okay. Give me a final score. Would you say 23? That's 20? 43 points. So under the total. And I think okay. that's how Arizona would win something gross. You said 23, 20, right? Okay. Yeah. I'm going Rams. I, I actually like the Rams here. I'm always on these shows willing to hit the dogs, but I I'm going to go Rams 27, 24. I think very competitive game. You get that cover. You get that cover by the hook for, for Arizona. 27, 24, uh, that is, that's over, right? Because it's 49 and a half. So yeah, mm -hmm. slight over. Give me Rams by three. Thanks as always for hanging out, guys. Best of luck tonight. Stick around. All the shows coming up throughout the day. 
We're here with you. NBA, NFL, we got you covered on all of it. And we'll catch you back here for the next one. Peace.